What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Hidden Falls Media Experience episode. Today, we are going to get into some copy, right? The dirty C word that nobody wants to talk about, but actually drives so much of your sales, conversions, messaging, offers. It truly is the variable of success in my eyes as an agency owner and from somebody that was working on getting high paying gigs when I was just starting out inside of the profession. Copy is what allowed me to get to that next spot. And today I've got somebody with me that you are absolutely going to love. Uh, But before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of the fee. I don't run you any ads on the show. I don't try to sell you some BS course that you do not need. What I do sell you on, though, is how awesome our environment is. We also have a Facebook group called Fix Your Marketing. I want you guys to go in, hop in there, engage with the group, get help to fix your marketing. It's totally free, and it's here to provide you value. So when we do this, I want you guys to go follow Sean as well, because Sean has an amazing story. His path to get from point A to point B has not been linear, but it's super, super awesome. Sean has generated multiple eight figures online, leveraging both influence and persuasion. He's now passionate about taking clutter out of the business and his minimalist approach to growing a business online has grabbed the attention of entrepreneurs all around the world. And guys, you're absolutely going to love this episode today. I'm super, super pumped. Please welcome aboard Sean Kemp, everybody. Sean, what's going on, my man? (laughs) What's going on? How are you? Dude, I'm super Um, pumped for this. Me too, man. I, uh, I know that, you know, we were talking before the show about how a lot of e-commerce owners don't realize how valuable and how important copy is. So glad that we were able to get a shot at, at talking about that a little bit. Cool. Sean, real fast, before we dig into today's episode, where can people find you? How can they learn more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So the best place is probably the Facebook group. It's called Minimalist Methods. Uh, I'm sure I I can send over the link and everything to you can yep. put it in show notes, but it's minimalistmethods.com. If you want to go there, it'll redirect you to a Facebook group. And that's where you can get and download all the gold uh, totally free. It's a free group of um, more advanced high-level entrepreneurs. That's awesome. And I'll definitely put that inside the show notes. So Perfect. getting getting into copy, right? Yep. What pulled you into copy? Why did you choose to make this like the main sticking point as to what you do? Because it's such... It's such an important element, but yet so many people don't want to take the time to learn it. They'd rather learn the funnel side of it. So what, yeah. so what really drug you into the copy? I think it was sometime in, in 2012, maybe 2013. I was sitting in my college. I was living in a fraternity actually in college and I stumbled upon a webinar and watched it all the way through. Imagine that watching a webinar for 90 minutes or two hours uh, straight, I was glued to to my seat and watched the whole thing, right? Like, just as if it was a lecture in college. And I was like, damn, like, that was so good. And that was my first entryway into, like, there's an opportunity for me to make money online, right? And I didn't, I didn't take the offer. I didn't have the money. I, I still remember it was Anik Singal had some, some, uh, some offer that was like, I don't know, it was like 2,500 bucks. And I probably only had a couple hundred bucks in my bank account at that time. So obviously didn't take them up on it. But then, you know, at that point, I started to read like nearly every book uh, on entrepreneurship. Fast forward to a point where I started to grow a subscription fitness business. And I realized that the number one bottleneck through uh, the entire business was the copy. I'd write copy for the, the ads, the VSLs, the landing pages, copy was everywhere, uh, the emails. 
And like that was taking up the the vast majority of the time. And I realized like without it, I was never going to go anywhere. So, you know, I, I scoured the whole internet for like how to get better at what at the time I didn't even know it was called copywriting. I just got, I was looking at how to become a better writer and sell more with words. And, you know, obviously stumbled upon some of the greats and learned from there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it got to a point where I was growing my business. I was in a group called Digital Marketer Engage. And uh, I was just sharing some of the wins. I think I was getting 17 cent leads from, from an ad back in 2015. And I had a whole email flow to monetize that audience. And I think one of the members went through my email flows and active campaign and was like, oh my God, who's writing these emails for you? And I was like, oh, I'm writing them myself. And he's like, can you write them for me? I'll pay you 500 bucks. And at that time I was like, wow, that's like a shit ton of money to write like five emails and could do that in a couple hours. So like here I am whipping it up the same day. Imagine that, like whipping it up the same day and sending them to next morning. And there I got my first payment, first $500 payment for copy. And from there, you know, obviously I've worked with some pretty, pretty cool people, some pretty big names, a great, uh, e-commerce companies too, a lot in the health space, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I definitely have humble beginnings. That's awesome, man. I know my audience is absolutely going to ask, where do you start with learning copywriting? What's the best place to start? Is it a book? Is it a training? Where, where do you start? Oh man. You know, I've been asked that question quite a bit and that's kind of why I created the group because I thought like, you know, maybe not the best for entry level uh, copywriters and it's talks, you know, more advanced stuff. But at the same time, I think there are some great books out there. I don't think that they get you very far. I think really the first step is, is to really like be an observer of copy around the internet. Like that's probably the best way that that's how I learn the best is like, well, if this ad's performing really well, well, how can I replicate that? Or why is it working well? What are the, what are the steps? What, what is the template? And I know a lot of people are really like caught up in formulas and copywriting templates and this and that. Right. And I totally understand that. That's pretty much like what you would call training, training wheels, uh, for copy is, is like, I'm going to follow this template. I'm going to follow the formula. It's going to keep me in line. You know, it's like the bumper plates, essentially when you go bowling, like you need them or you don't eventually you can take them off and you become a great bowler. Same thing with copy is eventually like, I don't use templates. I don't use formulas. You just kind of like feel it and it's in, it's your intuition. And so, you know, like the first step, obviously, like it's, it's great to learn through, especially industry specific. So if you have competitors or competition that are doing extremely well, well, I want to know, like I'll watch their entire webinar. I'll watch their entire VSL. I'll watch, I'll read all of their landing pages, their product descriptions, the bullet points, especially if you're in e-commerce, I'd be searching all of the products that are on Amazon and reading all of the bullet points. Cause I will say, if you want to become really great at copy, what are the most important pieces of copy that's going to drive the most sales? It's going to be headlines and bullet points. If you can get really good at writing headlines and bullet points, the rest will come easy to you. And especially in e-commerce, that's the majority of the type of copy you're going to be writing. Obviously there's going to be stories and things like that and emails and such, but advertisements uh, like Facebook ads, Instagram ads and stuff. But I will say if you are really good at writing headlines, 
thumb-stopping headlines, thumb-stopping one-liners, and also bullet points that are really like feed the greed glands of, of somebody that's reading, you'll make the rest of your experience a hell of a lot easier. So yeah, that's where I would go. And also understand like the whole marketing side of it too. So like uh, dimensionalized benefits are a lot different than superficial features. So there's, you know, obviously we play the, the difference between feature and benefit. And if you're an e-commerce owner, you, a lot of you will get stuck in selling features when you really should be selling benefits. But selling benefits is only stage two. What's stage three? Dimensionalized benefits. And dimensionalized benefits is, is how it plays out in somebody's life. So if you have a benefit, let's say, uh, of your product, all right, how does that affect mm. the customer? Like, how, how can you go deeper? It's like a deeper, uh, you go deeper to the root of what, what you're actually speaking to. And that's getting into deeper psychology, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, is your product around safety? Is your product around sex? Is your product around, like, what is this actually fulfilling in somebody's life? So, uh, you know, obviously superficially copy, if you get good at headlines and, and sub headlines and, and bullet points, that's great. I would, I would look on the internet for like how to write the best bullet points, how to write the best headlines. And there's some great information out there that you can find on Google. And it really just comes down to practice and, and continually being a student and, and continue, I continue to, to this day, I'm still an observer of, of copy that's working. Like I still read ads. I still read landing pages. I still watch webinars. The ones that I know obviously that are working and the ones that are, it tells me a lot about the market and copywriting obviously is built foundationally on psychology. But there are things superficially, you know, things that are going on in the world that will, let's say, maybe um, increase the desire for safety or increase the desire for this. And if ads are starting to be run and written in, in such way, especially around brands that are similar to yours, then I want to write copy that are like that. So, yeah. Have you ever heard about the six human needs? Mm. Is that by somebody? Uh, Tony Robbins talks about it a lot. And so does a guy named Ed Milet. So this, and this is how we approach our, some of the weird elements of our marketing too. There's certainty, uncertainty, also our novelty that we love, right? There's significance to so the idea that I'm top chimp. There's mm. growth, contribution, and love and belonging. And what we start to work through with a lot of our e-com store owners and when we do copy for people or be on a website or in ads or in social media posts, start learning which of those your audience is really gravitating towards and figure out why. Because if we can learn what those key emotional drivers are, our content opens up and explodes because now it's not just that individual audience, right? The likelihood that there's somebody that looks like them now opens up well, and we can really start to dig into that. But oftentimes, and I'm sure you see the same thing, it's just, hey, buy my shit, right? And it's like, this is never going to work. Like the idea, because that's our natural reaction, right? If somebody comes up to you on the street and they're like, hey, Sean, buy this t-shirt. You're like, no, <laughs> right? Unless it looks super cool, your friend buys one, and then you've got like the bandwagon effect going. It's very rare you're actually going to say yes, right? So when we start to approach it like that, I was wondering kind of because you were talking on that idea, right? When you saw certainty in the marketplace and people were diving into certainty really hard, your instant response is, okay, I'm seeing certainty in the marketplace. If that's what they're after, how can I start to shift my message around that human need? 
Mm, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, trends are going to drive what you're writing in the campaigns that you're running. But if we're talking, you know, foundationally, what's going to get somebody better at writing copy and then using those as like almost like a, a place to start, I, w- I would say, you know, like I said before, just get really good at at being an observer and a student of what's being run right now. And, you know, some people will say like, hey, um, get access to, you know, old school ads and old school controls and write them by hand. And that's a great learning experience. Um, I've done that in the past. It's great. Do I think everybody needs to do it? No, but it, it does help with understanding the flow of how copy should be written. And I think that's really the, the, the missing element or the missing piece that a lot of junior copywriters have is their, the way that they structure their copy. It starts to like, it doesn't sound natural. Like it doesn't sound like that's the next thing that should have been said. And then you lose readers. And that's really the thing is, is like, all right, well, let's say you have a hundred percent of viewership in the, in the top of the ad. And then it just starts to drop and if you have these like holes or this gap, you can go from, you know, 80% to like 20% if it just doesn't line up. So, you know, another trick or tip that I always say is, is never hand in a piece of copy or never write a piece of copy without reading it out loud at least three times. You'll catch things that you didn't catch the first time. You'll catch things that you didn't catch the second time and the third time. I do this every time with all, um, all the copy that I write or the people that write copy and I have to critique it. You got to read it out loud because it, it, you'll catch things that if you were to just glance and read it in your head, it just won't be the same. So flow is a big important thing as you're starting to develop copy as a skill. Yeah, I love that. I, and inside of uh, Eugene Schwartz's Breakthrough Advertising, he talks about that concept of your goal as a copywriter is to get them to read the next line. And then your next goal is to get them to read the next line, right? And it's all about getting them one line at a time to keep going. Mm, exactly. And and yeah, flow. that's why flow is so important. Is that really where you see a lot of the... Because I... I, I really do think of copywriting as a perfect blend of an art and a science. Do you mm. think the flow part of that is more of that art side? Um, I would say that like, you know, I would say that it's, it's more of an art, you know, like there's no formula or system to show you the exact transition. I think transitions just, you know, are part of the artist, right? Like it's, it's your strokes essentially, not the paint that you're using. Yeah, I mean, the art, the science side could just be the psychology, the underlying psychology of it. You know, what are the, uh, you know, obviously you need a guarantee and uh, some type of guarantee, you need certainty, you need to remove, uh, have risk removal, you need to increase the perceived desire and value of the offer. And uh, like, those are obvious, like, that's like science of, of copy, but you know, the art of it is obviously pulling it all together and, and having the glue put it all together into like something that flows like a, like a symphony or, or through with harmony. So I love that. That's a really good way to describe that. We're both students of psychology. Where, where do you really drive a lot of your psychology knowledge from? I, I really like Aristotle. I, you know, it's super old. Um, and, but I think like the principles of psychology and persuasion come from Aristotle. Like he has this, uh, triangle that, uh, has, 
three sides that essentially uh, three points that are ethos, pathos, and logos. Mm -hmm. And those are the three elements of psychology. Uh, Essentially ethos is uh, the credibility of the speaker. Pathos is the emotion of the words spoken and logos is the logic. So, and, and logos obviously is essentially if you were developing a case as an attorney or a lawyer, logos is like the foundation you know, what, what is your argument? What is actually, what is the thing that you're arguing? What are the objections that you're handling? How can you win your argument with substantiation? You know, like how can you make this believable and irresistible and uh, make this better than every other product on the market? That's logos. Um, And then you, you piece together and and then you overlap that like with elements, uh, uh, emotional elements. So emotional elements could be story. It could be, you know, you know, why it actually matters dimensionalized benefits like we were talking about before why it matters to the customer the the fear of loss right how it creates certainty what will it do for their family or what will it do for them like those are all emotional benefits and then ethos is obviously the like the credibility of the speaker so it's it's this is why uh, some e-com brands obviously have faces like for example Dr. X it's great for him to be the face because he's he's a, a trusted uh, advisor he's a trusted authority and ethos as Aristotle states is the most powerful form of persuasion if you think about it like we were talking earlier in the episode, the most important thing that drives sales is actually like the opinions of others uh, that we trust. So uh, like as a trusted advisor, trusted advisors could be friends, family members, doctors, uh, any anything to drive a sale. Like if we go to a doctor and they're like, hey, you should probably take this supplement from this brand. It's most likely like something you're like, you don't second guess, you just do it. it you know, it's, it's like, it doesn't need to be emotionally driven sale. But a lot of brands online, if you don't necessarily have a face, you have to find other forms of, of ethos, right? And, and the best way to create a sense of authority and trust is to best to encapsulate the, the words of the audience, the thoughts and the words of the audience. And that really comes through research. And especially if you're selling e-commerce products, the best way to find those words is through one in five star reviews on Amazon. Because those people are the most emotionally engaged and really speaking towards their problem, the problems with the product or what they love the most, how it had changed their life, all these things. And, and those one in five star reviews are better pieces of copy than you could have ever imagined. And like, I, I swear they make for the best stories, the best angles, the best hooks, amazing ads, and they're there free for you to look. So another great one is Quora. Quora is a great place to look because those are questions that people are legitimately asking about the problem that you're trying to solve. Right. And then finally, you know, obviously Reddit's great too. It is called the uh, homepage of the internet for a reason. A lot of the things that go viral on social media first went viral on on Reddit for a reason. So Reddit is kind of like you taking a a time machine backwards uh, and you get to see what's going to go viral before it goes viral. And like the, the things that people vent on because they're not, their face isn't necessarily attached to a profile on Reddit are more honest and open and real than any other platform on the internet. So that's why I always suggest like, if we're going to get into research, which is probably 80% of the success of any piece of copy is the research. Cause you know, I spend majority of my time on research. If you get the research part down, 
you'll be able to write a stellar piece of copy, even if you aren't that great of a writer, because you're letting the customers write it for you. What are you looking for inside of your research? So I'm looking for objections, number one. So what's generally the main goal of a sales letter is to overcome objections and shift belief in some way and channel desire onto a product, right? So channeling a desire onto a product and overcoming objection. So what I'm looking for is the objections and what are actually the deep-rooted desires of somebody buying a product like this. So, um, and like the way that they present what they want is going to, like they're very, there's language patterns that you can reuse and recycle that other people use. And, you know, obviously it's talked about a lot in copy that you should, you should write like you talk and that you should write as if, you know, this is why there's Hemingway app and plenty of apps that, that help you, you know, like bring your writing level down to a fifth grade level or bring your writing level down to a third grade level. When people talk on the internet about their problems, they're often very simple right? There's no big complex words. It's like they're, they're just venting. And when they vent, like I'm, I'm listening to how they speak about their problem. So I want to hear that language, how they, they essentially speak about their problem. Cause I'm not going to be able to get in their heads unless I know how, uh, how they actually present what their problem really is to them and how it affects their life. And their problems with other solutions is also what I'm looking for. And then what they had hoped for mm. is another thing or what they, what they bought the product to do. I wanted to like, that happens a ton. It's like, I, I bought this product hoping that, and then that wow. line right there is like, yeah. that'll write your copy for you. That's gold. I, that's why I always tell people that, you know, like I might not be the best writer, I'm just a really hella good researcher. I just know exactly where to look and what to what to find to encapsulate the voice of of the reader. So mm-hmm. if I can encapsulate exact, can you imagine like if you're reading something and it's like, damn, this person's in my head right now, you immediately gain trust because it's like they know my problem better than I know it. They said it better than I could have ever said it. And that's when you don't need to have a face that, you know, if you don't have a face for your brand, that's how you build ethos, which Aristotle said was the most important part of persuasion. So, you know, the trust and credibility of the speaker. That is so good. So good, man. I really wish people would just pause and just rewind for the last five to seven minutes (laughs) <laughs> and just snippet that out. And I'm actually going to have my podcast editor go back and just chunk that out because it's, it's <laughs> that good, right? Like it's straight up a master class in, in copywriting. And, I, <laughs> and I'm still learning, man. Going through the, going through the copywriting process of learning, I, I'm middle of the road is where I'd put myself, right? I'm, I'm, past, I'm past where we need the training wheels. I don't need the bumpers on there, but it's that last like 20 to 30% of polish and refinement. So for me, I'm selfishly, I'm learning a lot out of this as well. And, and uh, speaking to another point that, that might be worth clipping out is I had probably one of the biggest aha moments as a copywriter when I was three or four years in already, and maybe even five years in, I think it was five years in. And, uh, you know, I was pay- being paid, you know, 
a ton of money for a sales letter, right? At that point. And like, uh, I had a client that was doing 40 million a year, a supplement company. And he also wanted to copy chief me because he had done, he had grown the entire company with his copy and he was an amazing copywriter, but he also respected me and wanted to work on multiple projects together in the future. So he wanted to hop on a call, uh, once a week for, for a month just to become like, he wanted me to become him essentially. Mm. And I, you know, don't normally take on a client where like, you know, I want to be taught along the way, but I valued his opinion so much that I, I was, I, I was uh, welcoming to the, the concept and the idea of, you know, obviously hopping on a call with this guy who had built such a massive company in such a short period of time, all through direct response, affiliate based marketing. So they were a hardcore direct response. They had built this health supplement company to 40 million a year uh, with affiliates. And we were writing a VSL and, you know, he was taking me through his stages of writing a VSL, right? For, for this, this uh, supplement. And the, the thing that, that caught my attention the most was before we even write a piece of copy, obviously I I know to research and things like that, but he explained it in a very unique way. And that was to construct an argument as if you were a lawyer presenting to uh, a jury, right? And your job is to win over the jury by a very clear and concise argument. And step one was to simply write bullet points, non-copy bullet points that logically have a, have a perfect logic chain. So if this, then that, so big, bold claim. And then if that's true, then this is true. And this is true because of this and this and this and this. And it was like a simple, it might've ended up being 11 or 12 bullet points. And that was the entire construction of the entire letter. And then your job was to bring it to life with copy at that point. Mm. So you first have to construct an argument that could win over a jury with plain old, plain old wording without copy, without the emotion, without the elements of, of ethos, the credibility, none of those things, right? But if this is true, like if you were to create an elevator pitch, so a 30-second little pitch to sell somebody you know, as they were passing by, that's the first step to creating something that might be end up being 4,000 words. So when you are writing it, it, let's say you're in e-commerce and you are writing VSLs or you have those eight minute video ads or those ads on, on YouTube or whatever, it's your, your job to first create a logical argument with a logic chain that just makes sense from start to finish. And there should be no gaps or no chains missing. That's really good. That's a massive paradigm shift for me too. And the way that I'm, I want to structure and create operating procedures on this. We were talking beforehand that I'm in this spot of starting to train my employees on what I know from copywriting. And just that exercise alone, I know is going to elevate all of us to, a, to an incredible new level. To make it even simpler, generally it follows a formula of because um, contrarian ideas generally work well in copywriting. Mm-hmm. So false belief is the start, a great start for a lead is false belief. And then um, new cause, new mechanism, new belief. It's really the shift of belief. So what is the false beliefs? Uh, What are the misconceptions of the audience? What are the mistakes that they're making? New cause. So what is is the actual cause of their problems? 
or what what are they missing? Why aren't they getting the result that they wanted to get? Uh, new mechanism. So what? Uh, how how are you taking a different avenue or different route to achieve success to overcome their problems? And then new belief is that if I have those things, then I will be successful. Therefore, this product is perfect for me. Man, that's so good. So that's is that it's yeah. essentially a four step psych, uh, system that I use almost 100% of the time to sell anything. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, oftentimes, especially within the e-commerce world, it feels rushed. Everything just feels super hyper like condensed, which is fine, right? Like we can get things like narrative transportation and as little as a tweet, but why when we have the opportunity to really dig into it and pull out all the good stuff, right? Just because it can be done in that short of amount of time doesn't mean it should. And I love that the way that you've aligned that it really allows a lot of these concepts to be pulled out and really kind of demonstrated and shown right through using good adjectives, using proper verbs with all this to really demonstrate what's happening. Exactly. And what I will say about e-commerce is that sometimes you aren't going to have long form pieces of copy, depending on what you're selling, especially if you're selling something that doesn't need a whole lot of, like if you're selling a product that is easy to understand its benefits and it's just blank and bland Mm -hmm. and it's easier to understand. So uh, when I think of that, I think of like the, the most general, like basic t-shirts, right? Like you just kind of understand, like there might not be some unique fabric or some, some crazy engineering process, or you might not be, uh, you know, um, manufacturing it in some crazy part of the world that, you know, you found this, this, random type of silk or, uh, or whatever. But, um, for, for companies that are selling supplements or products that are, that need understanding around it, uh, supplements, beauty products, skincare, skincare, uh, huge, huge market, obviously, and food products. Cause I know dog products, anything in, in those ranges, especially technology too, and gadgets that need a little bit of explanation. It's really good to go through those, those angles and especially using, uh, the mechanism, every brand and every product that is in e-commerce, you need to develop some type of mechanism that makes your product stand out from all the other uh, competitors out there. Otherwise you're going to turn into a commodity. Mm. And if you don't know how to present language in a way that that differentiates your brand and your product from everything else out there, then, you know, you're really not going to grab a, a good market share. So, um, that's one thing I will say you, you might be able to get away with some other things, but definitely not that, especially in today's economy. Yeah, no doubt, man. We're, uh, we're running out of time and I want to be super respectful of that. If you, and this is the last question I have for you and then we'll wrap it up. And it's been my universal question to everybody over the last 12 months, which is if you had a prayer for the world, what would it be? Mm. Man, that's a tough question. Um, It doesn't have to be religious. Most people don't. We're not a religious show. It's just like you had a general overall wish of good faith to everybody out there. What would it be? Um, For those of us going through struggle right now, particularly, my hope is that they... Uh, they they see the opportunities and focus on the opportunities rather than the th- the things that are holding them down. So instead of seeing, I, I hope that everybody at some point 
who are struggling and, and only focused on the things that aren't going for them eventually understand and realize all the opportunity that is in front of them instead of what is behind them. So that is my hope. And it's just a self-realization that I wish everybody on the planet had something that, you know, I personally had and, uh, it it just, you can have the same things happen in your life. And it's really just about your perspective on, on how you look at those things. So if everybody could have that realization, I think the world would be a lot better place. That's awesome, Sean. Thank you so much for being here today, man. I've gotten a lot out of it. I know my audience has as well. Um, where One more time, where can they find you? How can they learn more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so just, uh, I would say, just go to minimalistmethods.com. You'll probably learn a hell of a lot of, about me um, in that group. And uh and yeah, so that's, that's about it. You're going to see me in there, dude. I'm going to be eating it up like a sponge. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad, glad to have you, man. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for being here today, man. Super pumped.